made it to Friday. It's the Fan Morning Show. Sports Night 590 fan, Justin Danalish. Hello out there. Congratulations. We're almost to the weekend, folks. Another week flying by. Felt like I was just at the cottage, just getting home, <laughs> yeah. just trying to get, like, the body recalibrated. They can do it all over again, I Justin. Yeah, I'm not doing it all over again. That's I, I might be going for the Aaron Rodgers weekend. Oh, yeah. I, that's, it was funny to me yesterday. We were, we we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit later, but we'll, we can bookend the first hour this way. The quote from the story talking and detailing his stay, which he's exited right now. The <laughs> he's darkness. emerged. The word emerged in this is just great. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Again, this is what I'm getting to. The 300-square-foot room in which Rogers spent his time is a partially underground structure devoid of light. Okay, that's a little aggressive. With a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation like Matt, it is fully powered, and the lights can be turned on from inside the room. That sounds my like my weekend to get ready to do sports radio mm-hmm. in the morning, Monday to Friday. That's That's my weekend. You can turn on the lights from inside. There's nothing really that different. <laughs> Other than being partially underground, there's nothing different. I mean, if you live in one of those, like, basement apartments, this is truly your life. And yeah. the, what was it, 300 square feet? That's probably going for $2,500 a month in Toronto. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not that not that different. You other can just than, turn on the lights? Other than, what is it, like, it was, like, Oregon or something, and it was in the woods. Other than that. That sounds like a nice, like, like a... I'm kind of into that. Like, it sounds nicer that... People go yurt camping. It's it's one step above yurt. I've done the yurt camping the before. On. I've yurted. Yurt. I don't know if that's what a good. Do? I don't know if you can verb, really like, verb yurt. I don't really like the sentence I've yurted. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe there's something wrong with that. Yeah, there might be. Uh, I've yurted. Might, might be a different <laughs> meaning to that. Anyway, congrats, Darren Rogers has emerged from the darkness. He had a mostly comfortable week, and it was advertised as this like truly he was gonna grind it in a bunker yeah like a truly something that's gonna be really hard something challenging mentally he's gonna learn something about himself now i just kind of got some good sleep (laughs) anyway stay tuned because we're gonna debut a new segment in the a-list fill in the blank friday fill in the blank that's all we're gonna say friday fill has to do with aaron Rodgers, and you're gonna love it and you get to participate text line so i know you're fired up for that um anyway good morning happy friday just so everyone knows, the tie rod has been repaired. The lower left arm, check mark, success. We're cruising. We're grooving. No problems here. I can go Are through, we? I can go through the... Are we on the road yet? We will be. We will be. We can go through the speed I, bumps I just don't want you to speak too soon speed. here. Successfully repaired is all I know. Mm-hmm. So now I can rip around the parking garage full speed again. I was a little worried today because usually you're a touch ahead of me and I didn't see the car and I was just like, Oh, it's either not ready, it's ready to be picked up or I'm doing the show by myself. <laughs> it's re- it's, she's ready. Good. She's purring. Cause and I got a big trip this weekend. Big responsibilities this weekend for said vehicle. I have, it's oh. maybe it's a, it's a, it's as big of a responsibility as it's ever had. I think you're right. Yeah. There's not a bigger trip that this vehicle has made until the next trip. Mm-hmm. Then this one tomorrow morning. I'm waking up at the crack of dawn, folks. It's the crack of dawn? Or is that for effect? No, <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be early. Okay. Why? Why? Because, you just can't wait? Yeah. Okay. Because tomorrow morning, I'm picking out my puppy. Mm. The time has come. I'm going to visit the beautiful farm outside. Should I tell? Yeah, it's in Palmerston. Why not? 
for all the folks that know their hamlets. Oh, I'll tell you about the Hamlet Monday morning. I'm going to beautiful, pristine Palmerston to pick out my puppy. You might, I, I feel like in honor of this, wait. you might have to do a Know Your Hamlet on Palmerston maybe Monday morning. No problem. Uh, that's very exciting. There are a few days as exciting. I think the pick up and bring home. So that's the next ahead, big trip. Slightly ahead. That's the next big, big trip for but this tomorrow vehicle. I feast my eyes on. Tomorrow you'll have a memory that will last the rest of your life. Oh my God, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I've been thinking yeah. about this now. So since I announced that the puppy was born and growing, I've had... Obviously, tomorrow as the day that we've agreed upon, the breeder and I and others. And let me just tell you, I get first pick. I don't know how the draft lottery worked. I'm first to pick the puppy tomorrow. There's seven. <laughs> and you're not leaving that to chance by going earlier than anyone else. No, I'm going. I have first selection. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in there and be like, the first overall draft pick from Alice's nice. puppy lottery bull is... The problem is there's so there's seven of them and I, there's a website. And I, I honestly look at them. Sometimes I'm on the air and I'm looking at them. Yeah, you get a little distracted. Like they're so cute. They don't even look real. They look now, like stuffed animals. Now I have a question. They, anytime there's a litter, they're named, right? They might have a little tag on them. Yeah, they have names. They have names. This you is, read off some of them. Some of them are kind of cute. Would you ever consider, let's say, no. is one of them Lex? I feel like Lex was one of them. It, there is a Lex, a Louie, a Leland, a Lilac, a Lad. Let's say, Look how I know them all. <laughs> I look at them enough. Let's say Louie immediately when you walk through that door, takes a look at you, turns over your shoulder, runs to you, into your arms, oh, and God. it's a moment where it's just undeniable. Like, you might like the look of Lex, but Louie Louis There's chose a chance. You. I'm not going to say cho- it's a 0% chance. You stick with with Louie? I think that yeah, I'm not Louie doesn't have to be the one, but like you, you is there a chance you might just like this is perfect. I'm not changing I'm anything. I'm not closing the door to any opportunities. Okay. So out of the 7 of the puppies, I have pinpointed 3 that are the top 3 draft selections for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And two of them are the so for everyone I that can... missed it, I'm getting a Bernadoodle. So the classic tricolor Bernadoodle, the black, the brown and the white is the look. One of them miraculously is like the white cream mm-hmm. merle. Uh, and See, it, this is. But I'm just saying, one of them was born this way. It's the special puppy, and I'm like, that must be the one that's for me. I got first selection. This thing is like pristine looking. It's a model. It could be on good but housekeeping. Does, does it stay a model? But that's a the, big, I, big. In the moment, Justin, and I might just be like obsessed with the look of this one special one that's going to be in the pen saying, pick me. I think you may have too much information because this should be about a genuine connection rather than I want the dog that looks different than everyone else's No, I dog. understand, but this one looks You need to try and make phenomenal. a genuine connection, not force a genuine connection. Justin, I'm aware. I'm not going to go in there and be like, I want the hottest dog, the oh. Instagram model dog. Oh. I want the one that That's what you were talking I about connect to start this conversation. With. But I'm just saying this one has been, it's held a little special place in my heart for the mm-hmm. last little stretch where I've been looking at the photos every day because it's unique. But if it's a little brat tomorrow, I'm not picking it. <laughs> anyway, there's three and they've been like, you know, Shane Wright and co, but he might drop down to fourth selection. Oh, yeah. You never know. Like I could be coming in there tomorrow thinking I'm Shane Wright going first across the stage and <laughs> Buddy ends up in Seattle. Like this could yeah. be the situation tomorrow. A Slavkovsky moment. It could be. So I'm, I'm not going to rule anything out, but tomorrow is going to be the single most exciting day of my life until I take this puppy home in two weeks from now. Anyway, I'm going to like live stream this whole thing for the folks because I, I'm going to be overwhelmed. 
but mm. the appointment is at 10 a.m. So that's why I'm getting up early. I'm cooking out to Palmerston. Hello to the Hamlets. I'm going to drive through. The folks know. And I'm going to have a puppy. To, I'm going to know which one tomorrow. So anyway. It's very exciting. So that's why the car uh, needed to be fixed. So inner tie rods are important, Yesterday, folks. there was a lot of pressure on the mechanics working on that car. They didn't really know, but there was a lot of pressure on those individuals. So I need to be the, Making matters there. worse, your backup option apparently was a non-option. Yeah. I don't want to talk out of school about anyone's vehicle, but apparently uh, things were... You didn't have a backup. Yeah, you needed, my, you'd need an e-bike. My, brother, my brother's backup option, if the car wasn't ready, was to take his truck and his... His broke down. I don't know. It's we're tough, cursed right tough now. Tough week for tie rods. <laughs> I had to uh, my my dog, who's eight. Mm-hmm. By the way, you want tips? Eight? I got I got a tip for you, and I'm sure the text line will light up here. Glucose glucosamine, if I could say it correctly, it's like it does wonders for a dog. Isn't that for diabetics? My dog has to. <laughs> no, that you'll you, come on. You, you should. You, you're not doing your research. I don't know. Glucose. Keep a dog young. Like, Whatever. I don't know. I don't even... Whatever. I just... We got that uh, suggestion. The suggestion was there. Glucosamine. Keep your dog young. Okay. This guy is like he's two years old again. Like he's nuts. So you're putting like I have PEDs to play, in I him. have to play with him for a strong hour every day or he looks at me like before bedtime. Yeah, you didn't do your job So today, if I pal. drug tested your dog, he'd be performance enhancing. It's just uh, supplements. Interesting. It's not like um, you know, he's not in- natty, injecting eh? him with uh, performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> I don't, this it's is, just about giving your dog like the best life. All right. I anyway, mean, I have so much to learn, and I know that many people listening have dogs. So my dog's name originally would have actually touched your heart. It's Tucker. It was all Leafs, all Leafs in the pen, and Tucker's That's the beautiful. one. Tucker's the one that made its mark. Had to change the name though. Anyway, guys, I just can't wait. I got to get through this show. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <Sorry>. you just <laughs> kind of distracted, eh? We no, can just talk the, about it for three hours and it's it's been it won't good. be a problem. Send, it, send in your tips for those of you that have picked a puppy. We already have a suggestion from Ian, our snowplow driver. Rule of thumb, never pick the first dog that comes to you, usually the runt. All right. It's, uh, it's going to be say, tough to I not will, pick the first beautiful one that wants to jump an, into my arms. Here's another tip. Ian's right. However, the runt of the litter... Of our litter. Was your dog. Was our dog. And he's been the healthiest. Yeah. There's, because there's, I've heard this before. When you're, the larger you are as a dog, generally there's some correlation. Again, maybe this isn't scientific, so don't hold me to it. This is anecdotal. The vets are health, getting ready to health rip problems, on you. problems the bigger you are. So if you choose a run, mm-hmm. it might be, it might still have, it will still have the same genetic composition. It might still be athletic. It might still be cute. Whatever you want, but it might be the healthiest one. Traditionally, that makes some sense. So we'll see. Anyway, folks, stay tuned. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. is the moment, the draft selection for Ailish's puppy. Who goes first overall? And it's too bad for the people that have to wait behind me, too. Like, they're just like, oh, she doesn't pick that one. Ah, ah. See, that's a, uh, they should space it out. Be, being second or third, like, because you're you have just that, screwed. That's, that's the problem with that one dog that looks different. Everyone's going to be like, did, did you pick the one when you walk out and you, mm-hmm. you'll give the yes or no and you're going to ruin someone's day or make someone's day, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I can't wait. I can't wait. Anyway, that's... Uh, you know who the pick of the litter is? Jakob Pertle. Oh, baby. And he's not the runt. He's the pick of the litter. Yeah. He's, well, <laughs> in size-wise, he's, he's the big boy. Yeah. Um, Raptors Pelicans returned to action last night. Caribbean Heritage Night, which looked absolutely 
amazing. What an what a vibe that place was last night. They should have this every night. They did a great job um, celebrating the different cultures in our community, and that's something we take a lot of pride in in Toronto is having a diverse makeup. And I think that everybody that attended that game was all over the excitement, the energy, the vibe that was at Scotiabank Arena, the performances that they put the effort into really make this a celebration of different culture. It looked incredible. So shout out to that. The players obviously brought the performance on the court, which helped be nice to mm-hmm. get a win on a big night like that. Um, 115-110. And we talked about it going into yesterday's game that this was the first opportunity post-All-Star break to see this new look Raptors with a little bit of a refreshment, like not just right after the trade deadline, a bit of time in between, reset. Last minute, Fred Van Vliet, like last, last minute, within 10 minutes to tip off is not playing due to personal reasons. So kind of yeah. throws a wrench so we didn't get that, that but full lineup at last. We hope we, everything's not, good with not that. Not quite. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're still, you know, waiting to see it. Hopefully we see it sooner than later. Um, but still incomplete. Still questions over whether, what it's going to look like when it all comes together. But I guess there's there was something to the rust of being off for seven to ten days because mm-hmm. on both sides of the floor, and it's not an excuse for the Raptors. It's not, you know, the reason why they won or lost or why the, the Pelicans lost. A little sloppy early on. And maybe it wouldn't have been the full representation of what the Raptors can look like with Fred and with Pirtle and with OG in the full compliment for Nick Nurse. Yeah, I think I was too excited that they're going to come back refreshed and they're going to f- like really fire up that first quarter. I, it was a little bit of... Couple bit of like <laughs> OG had some moments. The dehydration was there I for a bit. I thought Precious Achua looked like a different guy. Like, what was he doing during the break? <laughs> Where did he go? We need to figure that out. You know who didn't go anywhere is Chris Boucher. And he, 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 he said well. this on the broadcast. And that dunk, like we can't go any further without just talking about that dunk. That was like the highlight of the Raptor season so far. Probably the dunk of the season? Oh. He would have, a Mac McClung better move over because and he followed Chris it, Boucher. And then he follows it up with the block. Up with the block like, and then he, it, the quarter ends. Incredible. It's like the perfect like moment to celebrate. A 10 seconds I of will joy. say, though, that should have, like, okay, carry that momentum in the fourth. They were brutal to start the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, they won this game, and then they were just terrible for the next three minutes. But. He flew. Like, something a human should not be able to do was what we saw Chris Boucher do. This head of speed right down Bay Street, mm-hmm. fired up. Fly, like flying through the air. He took off for this dunk past the free throw line. Mm-hmm. It's not human. Great call from Maddie Devlin, oh, too. They just crashed Took it. off in Montreal, landed yeah. in Toronto. Really like, good. It's just immaculate. Really good. Air Boucher! It was amazing. I just, I watched that on repeat. Every basketball person, regardless of where you cover the team, was posting it online. Just put some respect on Chris Boucher. He was in, it was stunning. The photos, too, like being a photographer and capturing that moment, you're like, yeah, there's my paycheck. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's all you need. <laughs> Money in the bank. Jordan-esque. It was amazing. So, you know what? And Chris Boucher played well. Yeah. There's a lot of bench guys last night because I think, uh, obviously, the last-minute wrench that... Yeah, there wasn't that many bench guys last night. Uh, Jeff Downton Jeff was Down really Jr. the only one who was thrown into the into the mix that wouldn't have been there. It was a Jeff Downton Jr. Still a pretty show. tight rotation for... You don't uh, love Jeff Downton Jr.? No, he was great. I but mean, I Malachi mean Chris, Flynn didn't yeah, play a minute, right? Well, that, that, that's the thing that's surprising, too, is Jeff Downton got an opportunity to run with it, and he did all right. He was the only point guard mm-hmm. that played. And, I will say just quickly on Chris mm-hmm. Boucher, you said he didn't go anywhere. And, like, okay, obviously the dunk was the fantastic. But this is my, like, cynical look on things. Is that that's the same as Ryan? Did you see the video of Ryan O'Reilly flipping pucks into the bag? 
It was like Ryan O'Reilly staying after practice to help clean up the pucks. Okay, that's, that's like the equivalent. No. That's the equivalent. That's not it's even just, close. It's, it's an all-star for, break no, and he stayed for, for like fans. 10 days. It's just a little thing for fans to get all excited about how great our guys are. The guy who flips the pucks in the bag at the end. The newcomer. So who doesn't have, doesn't have to do that, no but way. does it anyway. And Chris Boucher. He probably like has fun flipping the pucks in the bag. That's what I'm saying. But Chris it's like, Boucher oh, look staying at this, look during at this the leader. All-Star break for extra, extra days in Toronto. It's That's just way little, different than Ryan O'Reilly flipping pucks. It's just a little pucks. carrot for fans to get all excited well, about how I'll great they are. Well, I'll eat it. I don't are. care. You did eat it. And I love it because it, good for him. He knows that this is an opportunity. The pucks don't get you going, though, eh? No, I, I'll flip pucks. And I'd like to be on the ice last. No one's parading me around as a hero. Were you a juice guy and go around and pass everyone juice after practice? Juice? Gatorade. Was this house league? Gatorade. Orange you didn't slices. Call it juice. It's, it's only only like uh, no Gato. Only perfectly weighted hydration <laughs> mechanisms right. at Dartmouth. Orange slices. Now I think everybody could get their own. We weren't okay. like a little well, picnic. I guess you weren't about that teammate life. I wasn't. You're right. Um, all right. So Chris Boucher, um, an immaculate performance, but it was the Yakup Pertle show once again. The guy has been he's been a game changer for the Raptors in his short time here. Um, last night, what, 18 rebounds did he end up with? Uh, 18 rebounds, sure. 18 rebounds, 21 points. Uh, that's a career high in the last four games with the Toronto Raptors. This is an outrageous stat to wrap your head around. He's played four games or the last four games with the Raptors. He's only missed six <laughs> yeah. shots. And it's not like he's not taking shots. 35 shots. I believe he's taken six shots. He's missed. It's a, it's, he's been incredible. It's actually stunning. He's been, yeah, I, I'll just put it out there. They lose that game without Jakob They lose a few they, games without Jakob They Yacopurdo. were losing that game if Pirtle didn't come back in in the fourth quarter and change things. They might have lost it anyway if it lasted longer mm-hmm. because things were going the other way. Like you saw the difference. I mean, we've talked about shot making forever. But once Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum just got into a rhythm where they were just coming down the floor, shooting and, and hitting over and over and over again, that's something the Raptors can't do. But Jakob Pertle did enough because they had a lead mm-hmm. with rebounding, tip-ins, that huge block late in the game. I believe it was on um, was it on Herb Jones. Anyway, huge block on huge block late in the game. All these little things that Pertle was doing late in the game kept the Raptors from blowing that game. And of course, Gary Trent Jr. will get a lot of credit for hitting that shot. That and was, that's what that caused... That was a tough shot. That was, that was in big. the end, that was the separation. But I'm telling you, the Raptors lose that game and blow a big lead mm-hmm. if Jakob Pertl doesn't come back on and do what he did on both sides of the floor. For me, there's... there's In a small sample size, it's hard to be like, okay, this is a different Raptors team. Jakob Pertl certainly made a big difference. But you mentioned something there, not being able to close out games... We talked about this all season long. They were league worst at, for most of the season at winning games by three points or less. Mm-hmm. Last night was trending in that direction. All of a sudden, you're blowing a very comfortable lead that you've had all game. It comes down to a big shot at the end of the game. And that, for me, is where you start to notice if a team is different, if they can find a way to pull out a victory. This has not been the first time in this last four-game stretch where they've had to really dial it in at the end of a game. Maybe that's just the idea of having a little bit more security with Jakob Pertl, who can actually shut down defensively. They played a really great defensive game, to say that, to say that as well. But mm-hmm. to win a tight game when you've let your foot off the gas a bit in the fourth quarter where you get 
you get outplayed in the fourth quarter, you get outscored in the fourth quarter, you still find a way to win. That, to me, is a tiny look into maybe a Raptors team that is playing for each other, that is playing for something, and that maybe has realized, like, this is a full team effort, a full game effort, and we need to find a way to win these games. Because now, this is six of the last seven that they've won. Mm -hmm. They're within two games of 500 for the first time since December 14th. Like, it's been a rough stretch. Since December 14th, they weren't at 500. And they've passed Washington for ninth. And they're half a game back from eighth against uh, versus the Hawks. So these are really important wins. And if you were to blow that one last night, like we start to say nothing's changed with this team. Watching that game, it's like it's hard now to even envision or to think about how they were even surviving without Pirtle, <laughs> which is crazy to say, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like everything he did so much, so many little things, so many important rebounds. So many instances in which his rim protection was vital. And you're thinking about, like, how did they get by without all this? I don't know. Uh, One other thing I saw (laughs) yesterday was, like, the Raptors have, like, one of the most difficult schedules down the stretch. When did that change? Remember, like, a month ago, we were like, oh, they got an easy schedule down the stretch. It was an easy schedule. I guess they went through the easy part of it. And now that's it's the most difficult. Uh, Now it's like, okay, everyone's over 500. Good luck. So maybe I was a little complacent in that in my mind of what they had ahead of them and what the expectation should be. I mean, the the expectations should still be what it is, which is to now hold and improve on the number nine seed, hopefully get into seven or eight. So you only have to win uh, one game to get in the playoff, mm-hmm. playoffs. That would be probably beneficial uh, for the Toronto Raptors in a play-in format. Uh, but the expectation uh, remains. This team is too good to be in the position it's in, especially now with Jakob Pertl. We now seen what they've been missing, the value Pertl can 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 give you, and the stats and the numbers and his game logs. Like he's playing himself into, I don't know if it's They're a different tax record, him. but he is he is. <laughs> You know, we're talking about the most valuable players with the Raptors. He's top three right now. Mm-hmm. He's top three immediately. He's vitally important to the success or failure of this team. And he's been around for four games. It's the second time in his career that he's had back-to-back 20-point games. I mean, you just see a different level of confidence, too, with the players he's playing with. Him and Pascal, I know they're buddies, but they just work so dynamically together. It's fun to watch. It's nice. There's joy back in Pascal's face, too. That's five games in a row of 25-plus points. If that's part of the benefit where he just helps Pascal be Pascal, because Pascal was less of Pascal before Mm -hmm. Jakob Pertl came around. He he would have been a shoe in to make the All-Star team, but he faded in the last month before the All-Star game. Did eventually get in, of course, but it seems like he's better with Pertl on the floor. I'm sure the numbers would back that up. So if you well, can make five your, games you over can 25 your, points each game, there you go. It's you make your stretch. player better, your best player better. And you added this piece that you can't, you can't even believe you lived without for like two years. Um, okay. So Nick nurse post game talking about this team finding its rhythm. And I think that's really important because you start to string some wins in a row and the confidence level of this team. I think that's what we see can waver quite a lot when they're down and they're on this really tough stretch. You see them, you see them laboring. Like, you feel it in their face. That joy is gone. And now, putting together some wins, some fun games, I think it's going to mean a lot to them. Uh, here's Nick Nurse on the team finding its rhythm. It's just been getting, 
a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, right? I just, I just think it's, it's, it's been making progress to getting there. Um, the question is, why weren't we playing better three months ago? Probably, right? But again, lots of pieces moving, lots of, lots of things uh, going on, just whatever, and probably put some of that stuff behind us. We've put the trade deadline behind us. We've put All Star behind us. We've done a heck of a lot of work. Um, and we've added a, a, a good rim protector too. So there's a lot of little things there. And I think, you know, I've said this probably four times at least since I've been back is we got to get this de- team to play this kind of defense. So I think he mentioned just briefly there about the reset, the drama of the trade deadline's gone. You're coming back with a better roster. And you have basically everybody back to full health. OG was back on the floor after missing nine games with a wrist injury. Trent's back. Obviously, we said Fred didn't play because of personal reason, but health mm-hmm. is not the issue there. I just feel like there's something to play for with this team, and maybe that's all you needed was a reset to say, this is the team. We're going to look around this dressing room, and not much has changed. We're just going to believe in each other. Like, we we playing for something? Playing for what? Well, we're playing in for that. So maybe it wasn't the splashy offs or splashy trade deadline that everybody wanted, but there's something to be said about digging your heels in and saying, let's go win games. And maybe Masai Ujiri can have his cake and eat it too. Maybe he can do, as he mentioned, what he wanted to do or what was potentially on the table in the summer instead of the trade deadline. And hey, then you get that extra run with Pirtle with a fully loaded roster, at least under the context uh, or in the Raptors' proper context, which is, you know, having Gary still and having Fred still and having OG still. Yeah, they they have a chance to do or to go on a little bit of a run with a team that they mo- not they might not necessarily have next year with a full complement of players that might not be at the disposal of Nick Nurse so we can see and get a really good idea of what exactly they have now in moving forward and then maybe they can flip OG for the same price or they can flip him mm-hmm. for a decent value or reasonable market value i still think they have to make tough decisions and it's going to be hard to be as good as the, as they are right now next year uh, but it's really, really hard to nitpick the Pirtle addition, even though it takes away, you know, it, it, your ability to grow is a little bit curtailed because you traded your first round pick and you traded futures assets to get this player. However, I think he's going to be an important part of the future. Clearly, it looks like he wants to be a Raptor, wants to stick around, wants to be best friends with Pascal Siakam. <laughs> you can see all that. And now I guess they kind of have a little bit of a free roll at the table if you want to spin it that way. So Raptors play tomorrow at 12 p.m. in Detroit and then Sunday on the road against Detroit Cleveland. First, eh? Yeah, and schedule getting real hard after that though. A big noon game and then Sunday 6 p.m. against the Cavs and then Tuesday back here against the Bulls. So a quick 3 games in 4 days. Yeah, hopefully Fred's Raptors. back. You're going to need it. Yeah, you're going to need it. Um all right, anything else from the Raptors last night? No, not really. Just encouraging stuff. We're going to talk to um, our buddy Vivek Jacob today as well. I think he's around 8 a.m. We have, or no, he's 7.30. We have Mike Medano at 7 a.m., Hall mm-hmm. of Famer, Stanley Cup champ. He's currently working with the Wild, who the Maple Leafs are going to see tonight. They're just steady retaining salary out there in Minnesota. We, they sure are. They're like the bank. Um, and then Nick Kiprios at 8 a.m., so we'll get through all this. But yesterday... Before the Raptors tipped off, the Bruins made headlines, making a splash, trading Craig Smith and draft picks. A big rut row. To the Capitals for Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway. And with the Minnesota Wild playing broker once again, second time in what, 
a week, two days, three days, a week, I guess a week. Six days. Yeah. Six days. Um, they did so. And the best team in the NHL just got better. And that is scary. Yeah. Cons- uh, considerably better, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway, like, they're not knocking anyone's socks off. But we're talking about impact in your proper slotting. This is high impact in your proper slotting. Wherever, like, Orlov could be a bottom pairing defenseman with Boston, which is pretty frightening. He is a physical player. He is fast. He's a great puck moving guy. He is a perfect addition to a blue line for a team that wants to compete in the postseason. And Boston already had a full complement of Boston defensemen. Boston did not need they this. Are, you know they who are would want like this? The Maple Leafs. <laughs> this is, yeah, I didn't, go, I didn't go to the Maple Leafs right away. But if you want to talk Anyone about else? what a perfect addition for the Maple Leafs would have been, I think Orlov would be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. That's what I thought you meant. Right, right there. I, Orlov for sure. And Garnet Hathaway. Garnet Hathaway would be too. But Garnet Hathaway is like Brad Marchand without top six talent. He is annoying. Mm-hmm. He is effective. You know he's on the ice every single time he's out there. Believe fans know about Garnet Hathaway. He's annoying. He's very, very annoying. And he slots in on what is a bolstered fourth line now for the Boston Bruins. You could not look at that roster and find even the slightest bit of weakness. It's scary. Um, here's the full trade, just for context. So Boston receives Dimitri Orlov and Garnett Hathaway. Washington receives a Craig Smith, a first-round pick in 2023, a third-round pick in 2024, and a second-round pick in 2025. And the Minnesota gets a fifth-round pick in 2023 and will pay 25%, uh, which is $1.25 million. And the Capitals are retaining 50% of Orlov's $5.1 million salary. So Minnesota comes in, gets another fifth-round pick, and pays 25% salary. Medano and the Wild have no loyalty, apparently, uh, helping Boston after helping Toronto uh, get the deal done. It's interesting, though, because Boston kind of followed the same framework of the O'Reilly deal. And I guess if you... It's like a little less in terms of the assets uh, that Washington's getting in comparison to what St. Louis is getting, Mm -hmm. but kind of the same deal. And using Minnesota, you can easily draw that parallel. So I guess you could ask the question, which deal do you like better? Mm. Do you like it better for the Leafs who get a second-line center or third-line center, someone either to play with John Tavares or anchor their own third line who won a Conn Smythe trophy? Or do you look at what Boston did improving on two areas, not of need, but areas in which they could improve? And that's why I give Boston all the credit in the world for this. Craig Smith's having a brutal season. I, I think it's like four, like six points in 42 games or something like that. Like really, really bottom of the barrel stuff for a guy who should be a secondary scorer. And it's, it's, they're not like complacent. They're not like, okay, we're fine. I mean, we're one of the best teams ever put on the ice in an NHL game based on how many games we're winning. We don't have to improve. We could just roll with Craig Smith. It's fine. But they recognize, Hey, there's a small area where we can get better and they pay the price to get better. Like you use a good word. You said they cut the fat. They cut the fat. Mm-hmm. There was, there was one area, one morsel of fat on the carcass of the Boston Bruins, and they're like, we don't need this. Go straight keto for the playoffs. Exactly. We can be better than what we are, so let's be better. And if you want to compare this to the Maple Leafs, the Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas have not made a deal like this. They've not made a deal where it's like, hey, we're not really happy with our third-line left winger, we'll say. Mm. Can we find a way to just get rid of them and bring someone in and return, like dollar in, not dollar in, dollar out, player in? player out, body in, body out. Everything that Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs have done is trade away what he's quoted as the mystery box, draft picks, futures. If you look at the list of trades that Kyle Dubas has made, every time they make an addition, it's pretty much for the mystery box 
or some sort of prospect. Prospect. Yeah, Sean Dersey went the other way in a in a, in a deal, uh, but mostly trade chips or uh, draft draft picks. Yep. That's the route they've went, and I don't know if it's because hey they fall in love with their players, they believe in Kerfoot. If they get rid of Kerfoot, does it upset the room? I don't really know the reason why, but it not. might just be it might be that they're just they are thin. They are thinner in that hey, if you do trade a body out. You're you still got the same problem where you're you're short a body. Every single time it seems like they have to add because hey you're trying to fill a hole that already exists. But with Boston here, which has this beautifully constructed team, they're like okay he doesn't work as well as everything else. So let's find a way to replace him specifically. Him being Craig Smith, and now you look at it their roster and be like everyone's doing their job, and we like everyone on this team. That's just the position Boston put mm-hmm. themselves in. It is certainly scary when we were trying to size up the Leafs versus the Bruins versus the Tampa Bay Lightning rosters the other day, and we struggled to find a place where maybe the Leafs had the upper hand, and now there's just no question they don't. And I wonder now is what's what if anything is a reactionary move? Not that you're thinking, okay, the Bruins did this. I'm Kyle Dubas. I wake up this morning. I have to do something else. But you do have to think about the players and the teams you have to get through to win the Stanley Cup. And Bruins are going to be a massive mountain to climb. And they just got better. Do the Lightning see this opportunity and now have to bounce on something too? Like this is, it's like a a little cat and mouse game up at the top of this division. And if the team that you need to get through, that you've struggled to get through for a very long time, decides to get better when they didn't need to, what are you going to do? in a reactionary move. And I wonder if that's still to come. Yeah, I guess that's maybe one of the, not that I think Boston was reaction was uh, reacting what Toronto did whatsoever. I feel like they don't even care what Toronto does. No, they're worried about themselves and, and they should be. But uh, that's one of the worries of doing things early because there's no sneak attack, right? There's no, Next oh, Friday, we, it can't pull, be like, we pulled this off at the death and now you don't have time to make a move. Tampa's got all the time in the world now to see what Boston just did what Toronto did last week and make their move. And yeah, I guess some of the, the musical chairs, the, the seats are being filled up here, but they're going to find a way to do something. They're going to get better too. No, there's no question that you have to. And I feel like they'll have, I mean, they'll trade their first round picks. doesn't matter, but they'll make the move that makes the most sense. They'll hurt some feelings if they have to. They had to hurt feelings with Craig Smith. Boston did for sure. For sure. That sucks. Imagine that you're part of the, one of the best teams ever. You think you're going to win a Stanley Cup this year, <laughs> but you weren't pulling your weight and you're out the door. It's the sort of cutthroat stuff you need sometimes. You need to hurt some feelings sometimes. Can't fall fall in love with your players. Bruins haven't. Now they have a better team today than they did yesterday. I do think it's interesting that the Washington Capitals decided to go this route because in OB's, Minnesota, Minnesota too. Minnesota and Washington's roles here. It is strange. I was very surprised to see that they were willing to give up Orlov and Garnett Hathaway at this point because they still have an opportunity. They're not a bottom feeder team. They did lose the wake and rake for us yesterday, so kind of hate them now. But this is the first time in Ovechkin's career that they have been a seller at the trade deadline. So are we signaling it's time to start building for the future? We'll keep Ovi going until he breaks that goal record. We'll try to give him some opportunity to do so, but we're going to start adding some pieces for our next chapter. And that's what it feels like. They're, they end up with a first round pick, a second round pick and a third round pick. 
they still did pretty well with this, but they lost Orlov and they lost Garden Hathaway, and it feels like a little bit of the changing of the tides. That's the thing, though, that Ovi's chase for the goal record, which, don't get it twisted, is the number one priority for the Washington Capitals franchise. Those and then first, once he those... gets it, they're like, all right, let's fold the team and rebuild. That, that's some, I mean, I guess they're starting that without fully starting it mm-hmm. because the the first round pick that they got, it's not going to help Ovechkin no, scoring goals. But that's it's, their it's, that's their idea right now. Is like, maybe there is an assist on the goal that puts them ahead. Like that's because we're thinking about two, three years ahead. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> They'll write that story. That's for sure. Um, it is interesting though because I figured they'd at least try to balance it because if expectations are low in the future, it doesn't matter if Dmitry Orlov leaves in free agency for nothing. Like, why not try to, like Masai Ujiri, have your cake and eat it too. Go on or try to go on a little run. Even if you fail, it's just like, oh, we gave it a go. I mean, we have to do right by Alexander Ovechkin. That's all we're doing right now. We're doing right by Alexander Ovechkin. But I guess they are, they do have one eye on the future as well as one eye or most of their focus on the present with Ovechkin. Um, it was a little strange though. I was surprised that they have converted into seller's mode. Although we did hear people like, Elliot Friedman talking about how, yeah, you got to watch Washington here recently. Just a little surprised that uh, they're willingly giving up on this season, that they are maybe taking steps back willingly for next year. And it's kind of just transitioning into, okay, we'll put a good line out there for Ovechkin to score goals. But Mm -hmm. other than that, we do have to try and look to the post Ovechkin Capitals. So the Bruins got better. The Maple Leafs have a week now. It's the week to the trade deadline. A week mm-hmm. now to see if they can make a counter move. Um, the Leafs don't play the Bruins until April 6th. It's like, now we're going to wait again all the way to see how these teams size up. It's one of the last games of the season. Um, so Probably the last meaningful game unless Tampa makes continues to make this very, very interesting. So they play the Tampa the second last game of their season. You do not want that one to be for, for something. home field stakes, home ice stakes, I guess. Um, okay, so Maple Leafs in action tonight against the Minnesota Wild, the back on home ice. Um, Quickly, before we move on, mm-hmm. what's the cut the fat move with the Maple Leafs? One oh, name. Boy. One name. Not, you don't have to talk about what you're sending out. What's the player that has to go with whatever the, the team would want, whatever the Washington uh, would want? Is it Sandine? Is it Kerfoot? Is it Engvall? Who is it? Um, I'm finding some little bit of value with Kerfoot. I'm hesitant to say that. And I'm going to hold a little bit of space for Sandine. So I'm going to go with Engvall okay. at this moment. I think it's Sandine. And he'll probably score three goals tonight. So I think it's Rasmus Sandine. Yeah. Well, I think if you want to... I mean, if you want to pick one from the forward and the defense, it's definitely Sandine. And for me, it's Engvall over Kerfoot right now. But it's close. If you cha- if you exchanged Sandine for Orlov, we're talking. If we're okay. Right we're talking. Yeah. Right? I like would if Sandy denies for Orlov, we're talking. It's all in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they should do that. Maybe all of this would be short-sighted because Boston is what Boston is. But if you want to materially materially improve this team before the deadline, once again, a Sandine for Orlov swap would make a difference. They don't have that opportunity now. No, they don't. Um, okay, so live at 7 p.m. on Sports and 5 Fan, you got Brent Gunning and Gordon Stellick having Leafs Nation right after the game. You can ca- catch Leafs talk on YouTube afterwards. Puck drop tonight, the Wild here against Maple Leafs. As we mentioned, we have Mike Medano on the show at 7. We chatted with him yesterday. Um, we'll run through what that team's up to. They're kind of an interesting spot, too. Like, they could 
they could find a way to add and they could also find a way to sell. And now they've just been giving away money. So I think that they're tipping their hand of what yeah, they're doing. It looks like they're resigned to the fact that they probably can't win as long as Parise and Suter eat up a big chunk of the cap without actually being Minnesota Wild. So it looks like Rasmus Sandin was a full participant yesterday, but he might be kept out of the lineup for at least another game. So you cut the fat there. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, missed the last boy. two games of the upper body injury, of course. Um, we'll tee all this up. We got Kipper on, and as we know, Kipper's been writing for the Toronto Star, and he had a good article, I think it was two days ago, about how his perspective changed on what the Maple Leafs need after watching that Buffalo Sabres game. And he's putting Matthew Nyes back on the table. Mm. That's Kipper at 8 o'clock. But on the other side of the break, we've got the A-list, and we're debuting something that we thought of late last night. A fill-in-the-blank, a Friday fill, has to do with Aaron Rodgers. Yay. That's next. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Now it's time for the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. for the A-list. But before that, our buddy Neil in the text line with an 8 a.m. wake and rake pick. So for our early listeners, you get a treat for being Listen, up. we're breaking the rules here because... We just love Neil. Neil couldn't be hotter. No, it's there's just no doubt about... Can't share it. The, can't not share the information. And we reward those that get up and grind. So Neil says to pick uh, Iga to win the match 2 nothing and under six and a half breaks of serve in the... Uh, this is Sorry, this is uh, WTA. Where is this being played? WTA Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, to win 2 nothing over Coco and to have under six and a half breaks of serve, that is minus 105. So you parlay that together because... It's the money line is ridiculous. So parlaying Sviantec to win two nothing and under six and a half breaks of serve. Yes. Let's get to the Friday, Phil. Boom. Okay. So thanks to Neil for the early pick. He's going to send one in for the wake and rake later, but you can also do that at five ninety five ninety. Okay. So with Aaron Rodgers emerging from the darkness, the internet loves to poke fun, and we thought we would do the same. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers went into his darkness retreat, as we have all covered. We've all been waiting patiently for his decision. So it's a 300-square-foot room where he spent his time partially underground, devoid of light, with a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation-like mat. He was able to come and go as he'd like, but he stayed in there. It, if you've seen the photo of it, it's out in the woods. <laughs> it's out in the woods, snow, a little cabin. Sounds like a nice weekend. It's kind of like all you really need to know about it, other than the fact that now it is fully booked for like the next four years. (laughs) Like, there's a wait list of hundreds of people that that want to do this. small business owes old Aaron a debt of gratitude. Oh, 100%. You can stay here anytime, buddy. So it it popped off. Um, It's in Oregon. It's called Sky Cave Retreats. Whatever. Looks nice. It kind of looks like... Anything called Sky Cave Retreats. Like, you're not... You're not grinding. It's bougie. It's bougie. There's probably, like, a glass of champagne you get on the way in. (laughs) A little rosé. Okay, so we decided we're going to do a fill-in-the-blank type process. It's the Friday fill. You fill in the blank. So, we'll let you go first. So, you can use, like, the first thing that Aaron Rodgers saw, the worst thing that Aaron Rodgers saw, the best thing, whatever, you set it up and you fill in the blank. And the text line, we'd love for you to get involved in this. So, Justin, take it away. So, what's the the first thing, worst thing, the funniest thing that Aaron Rodgers saw when he finally emerged from the darkness? Okay. My first thing, the first thing Aaron Rodgers saw when emerging from the darkness 
an invitation to the Rogers summer family reunion. No plus one. He doesn't get a plus one. He's got to go by himself. He's got to deal with his family by himself. It's a hard one. It's tough for him. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. he probably says no, but it would probably be a little bit annoying. Okay. The worst thing that Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness, that Tom Brady unretired again. Mm. It's a hard one. Because he knows he's, I mean, he's still not. But imagine you He'll spend, never have his but time you spend in the all sun, that eh? time thinking about this is going to be my moment when I emerge and I'm going to tell the world where I'm going to play football next year. Yeah. And he comes out and, oh, no, Tom okay, Brady's okay. already in the media. He unretired and nobody cares to, about your decision. You have to decision. wait a little longer. Go back to the darkness you might so have that to. Tom, you know, at least some of the shine okay. is off Tom. Uh, the first thing Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness, a notice from his realtor. The house for sale on his street was bought by Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> Not a commentary on vaccinations, oh, by good. the way. He just doesn't like Dr. Anthony. He Fauci. doesn't. I had a just s- disrupting the street. I had the whole s- dynamic on the street is off. Now. I had a similar one, just that he would open the door and there'd be like a vaccine clinic there. Mm. It'd be tough. He wouldn't enjoy that. Um, you could blow right by that though. If you got to deal with Dr. Anthony Fauci, he, like he's around daily. Glares from Fauci? That'd be tough. Um, Aaron Rodgers. The first thing that Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness was his shadow. Six more weeks of winter. (laughs) I was going to say six more weeks of Aaron Rodgers. Both. But he'd probably like that. Uh, The first thing Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness this week. A tweet. Joe Rogan's IP and RSS feed seized and deleted permanently from the internet. Oh my God, trauma. That'd be a nightmare for Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. Really tough. Again, not a commentary. On Joe Rogan. The first thing that Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness, Kyrie Irving, next in line. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) He left that place a disaster. Now Kyrie's going into it. It's a revolving door in the woods. Mm. That's like the celebrity bunker. It is. With the sky cave. Mm -hmm. Multiple caves, but only one celebrity sky cave. You got any more? That's it. Okay, the worst thing that Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness, ayahuasca became illegal. Ooh, that'd be disappointing. Can you go back in there? He's already that. He's already dabbled, right? I'm pretty sure that. Or does he just say that's what he constant. wants to it do? It's a constant thing. He's <laughs> always ayahuasca-ing. The worst thing that Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness was that he's on the set of the horror movie Cabin in the Woods. These are getting less and less good. I kind of went through them. Uh, The worst thing that Aaron Rodgers saw when he emerged from the darkness was the cocaine bear. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. That's that's a funny one. Let's let's send these uh, in 590-590. What's what's Aaron Rodgers seeing or not seeing? He opens that door in the woods and boom. I mean, what is it? We should have uh, probably teed this in the 6 a.m. hour because it took me a while to come up with anything. Gotta yeah. Be creative. We have a creative text line, though. But we do have a creative text line. So 59590. We will hopefully soon find out the results of what Aaron Rodgers did and didn't see when he was in his wilderness retreat. But maybe he just sees retirement. He might see the $59.465 million that the Packers are going to pay him. It's probably more likely contract. he sees that, yeah. I don't know. I wish that there was. Uh, betting lines on this because i don't really know wasn't there where he's gonna go is there not well what did he see i hope it well he's gonna get on pat mcafee right away right he didn't see a david carr david carr Derek carr signing right no 
We haven't I, seen that I don't yet. think so, no. So the, the, the opportunity to move on, to, tra- mm-hmm. to get traded maybe to New York, or I guess Vegas was not going to retain Derek Carr, but there's still options out there, it seems, for Aaron Rodgers. Did you see the Jets logo in the t- darkness? He didn't see too many NFL headlines. I was always thinking he'd see green in there. A lot of reasons he could see the color green. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, one last one I want to play here is Noel Chari, newest member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He has the nickname Cookie, and I don't understand it. And I didn't do any research, so you that's didn't part of understand it. it, or you still don't. Well, no, I didn't understand, and thankfully, our hardworking journalist asked oh, the tough questions. Not going to let that linger for too long. No, we got to know why it's Cookie. Uh, well, he answered that question and explained why his nickname is Cookie. Uh, I got that nickname in Florida from Keith Yandel. Uh, there were no uh, cookies at pregame meal, and uh, I kind of didn't throw a fit, but was a little upset. <laughs> Keith helped me, uh, you know, get that in the pregame routine and or in the the pregame meals, and then he kind of lately goes, "I've never seen someone act like that, so I'm, I'm going to call you Cookie." All right, that's it. <laughs> never seen anyone act like that. He really wanted a I guess cookie. He was really upset about no cookies. I guess so. It stuck with him. So, what does the Leaf Sports Science think about cookies? They're going to have to like, maybe swallow their pride well, a little bit. Nice. Got to keep. If gotta he keeps, keep Char, you gotta say, keep if he cookie, keeps playing happy. like that, then give him all the cookies he wants. He gets his cookies. He sure does. Um, okay, we're going to take a break because on the other side, we got Mike Badano. We chatted with him yesterday. We're going to be followed up by Vivek Jacob, writer for Raptors.com and CBC Sports, of course. And then Nick Kiprios at 8 a.m. to round it all up. Send in your wake and rake picks as well. Uh, Leafs and Wild tonight. Maybe you have some weekend bets because Jake Paul fighting this weekend, You know right? I'm on Jake Paul. I know you are, and there's an added incentive for this fight. I don't know if you saw it yet, but we'll tee that up um, at 8.30. So send that in at 595.90. Mike Modano on the other side of the break.